Hi, my name's Georgia. And my name's Alana. And this is the Listen to This Podcast. Christmas special! So yeah, this is the listen to this Christmas special and it's a little bit different this week because we're just going to, we've just researched a couple of different Christmassy themed things and we're just going to kind of take it in turns to keep it light. Yeah, keep it light (laughs) this year. Um, Although mine does take a dark turn to do with Jack of Potatoes, so I'm not sure. (laughs) That's one of my stories. (laughs) I've really been deciding this jacket potato thing. Does someone like fight over jacket potato? <laughs> no, it's way better than that. Oh. Way better. Um, yeah, so we're just going to take it in turns to tell different facts or, uh, yeah, like little snippets, Christmas themed. Um, do, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, so my like, first one, I'd heard of it, but I didn't actually know what it was. So like, I'd seen people tweet it and I just kind of thought it was like something weird. So I just scrolled fast. But um, there's this game that people play every Christmas called Whamageddon. I've not heard of that before. So you, someone I follow like did it this year because that's how I like saw it and was like googled it because like what the hell is that? But basically, it's like this internet game where you have to go as long as possible avoiding hearing Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> Brilliant. And then as soon as you like hear it, you've got a tweet that like you've basically been knocked out of Armageddon or whatever <laughs> remixes and covers don't count which is interesting oh okay but yeah you see you um you basically see who can go the longest without hearing it which must be That's pretty amazing. difficult because I've already listened to that song about 50 times well it's on all of the Christmas Spotify playlists and that's basically all I listen to yeah. this time of year I mean it's probably easier now because you don't actually have to go to any like shopping centres yeah, true. This is the year where you could you could do it, but yeah, I feel that would be really tricky as well if you worked in retail. Mm. You got no chance. Reminds me of that game where it's like the game. Do you remember that? The game. Yeah, where you'd like lose if someone said the game. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot about that. But yeah, that was my first one. Maybe we'll play next year. I can't play this year because I've lost in like October. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, well, let's do that next year. I'm well up for that. Okay, um, that's a good one. Okay, well, um, but, oh god, which one am I going to choose first? So I think I'm just going to go straight in for uh, on the theme of a Christmas song. Um, so I've got a bit of a history of All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm-hmm. And the burning question I feel every year is, like, seriously, how much money does Mariah make? <laughs> like every December like is she like raking it in or or not can I imagine but a lot <laughs> well I don't know if it's as much as I thought it was gonna be but I looked into the song and they she actually wrote it with this guy called Walter oh god I can't say his last name <laughs> Afanasef just gonna go with that Walter Afanasef um and so it was only those two that it's credited to. So all of the like royalties and production credits and all that kind of stuff goes to just those two people. Whoa. Not, 
yeah, it's not um, attached to anyone else. Um, and they wrote the song in 15 minutes. I, yeah. There's like nothing I can do in 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like 15 minutes, they just bashed out. They said they bashed out most of the words and like the melody and stuff. Um, and then obviously it took longer to like eventually produce it. To make she it recorded the whole thing in two minutes, which is <laughs> yeah. shorter than the actual song. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and a few other facts about it are it's the 12th best selling single of all time wow. um, which isn't that shocking I guess if it's like comes back around every year um, true yeah and it, it came out in 1994 but it didn't actually reach number one in the charts until December 2019 what? how? so it took, took 25 years for it to get to number one I assumed um, it was like number one like every year at some point. No. So that was the first time in December 2019 it topped the Billboard 100. And I I think in the UK, uh, the year that it came out in 1994, it got number two, but Stay Another Day by E17 oh. <laughs> took the top spot. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I couldn't believe it. 25 years to be number one. God. I think Mariah like actually tweeted like, "Oh, we finally did it!" Like in 2019, <laughs> um, and in 2019 it was streamed 309 million times. Jesus, which I think is the most that's ever been um, streamed in all of the years. So the big question: How much does Mariah make every December? Well, she makes 400,000 pounds every December. Wow. So I think that's. I think that's a lot, obviously, but then it's also probably not as much as I was imagining. But then I guess a lot of the money will go. That's really interesting. Different bits as well. Because it kind of feeds into my fact. Oh, does it? In okay. a weird way. Yeah, because obviously she makes more money from like other songs and stuff, but not yeah. as much because a lot of them are covers. So they don't actually like the artist doesn't actually end up getting like a lot of the money but because obviously she wrote all that yeah because they uh, it wasn't heroes like a christmas uh x factor like song they like yeah. covered heroes yeah that's quite a while ago or hero yeah god that's such like a throwback yeah hero i think they've done both they've done heroes yeah. david bowie and hero mariah yeah do you remember you used to like go and buy the x factor single on CD. Yeah. Oh, good times. Oh. Probably oh, got that somewhere. So I can see it now. <laughs> it's like black and white. Yeah. Like a red they X. all look really dramatic yeah. on the cover. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of it. And uh, up to December 2019, um, she's made £45 million pounds from the song God. because it's been played on adverts for the radio. It's been used in films and obviously all the streams and stuff. Um, and people buying the CDs back in the day. Um, I wonder who the first person to listen to it every year is. Like, at what time does oh, someone yeah. put it on? January 1st, I, maybe? Yeah, I, there's definitely someone who listens to it, like, every day. As you take down the Christmas decorations. See, this is why I'd like to work at Spotify, because I feel like you could have access to, like, these kind of facts. Oh, yeah, do you remember, like, the billboards they put up, and it was, like, to the person that listened to, like, this song? this many times yeah. are you okay and it's like what netflix does and it's like when you find out that 
uh, someone watches the B movie like three times a day, every day. (laughs) It's like, what are they doing? Uh, but yeah, that's all I want for Christmas is you. 400k each year. I mean, you could just chill out for the rest of the year. I'd be quite happy with that. <laughs> so, um, do you want to know who else earns 400k each year? I'd love to. Paul McCartney. Ah. For wonderful Christmas time. So it says that this is like one of the biggest like um, payouts each year. And that like approximately people only get like £10,000. Oh really? So that must like really be on like the higher end of stuff. But I guess those are probably like, the two songs that get played a lot. Although I don't really listen to that song. No, not and I've seen like loads of memes this year of like not not now, Paul. Like simply <laughs> having a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> I was like, not now. <laughs> Read through. <laughs> but yeah, so that that must be quite huge if the average is like ten thousand. Yeah, I I was reading. Um, yeah, some of the other people that get it. There's like loads of different ones, obviously, but Michael Bublé doesn't quite make as much because they're all covers. Oh. Um, so I was thinking, he's only got one of his own Christmas songs. Every other, so he's so attached to Christmas, but it's just because he's got a Christmas cover album that everyone like right, this loved. Isn't related to Christmas, but it's a fact that I've just remembered, and it like I only heard it a couple of days ago, and it sort of maybe really it just confused my brain. Billie Eilish has said that the song Just Haven't Met You Yet by Michael Bublé yeah. inspired her song My Future. What? <laughs> and I was like... That's madness. I mean, it is a bit of a guilty pleasure song. I mean, yeah. But I was just like, what world are we in? I wasn't expecting that. I was... And I'm trying to think of like the words and like if I think it's yeah. probably to do with like the theme, but yeah, I was just a bit like, yeah. what? I Fair. can't imagine it just like listening to Michael Bublé. <laughs> yeah, sat in a room having a little bop along. <laughs> that is a banger, though. It is. <laughs> it's the only song I like. Let him have. <laughs> Definitely not that new one. God. God no. What's your um, next fact? Okay, my next one. Um, so I'm going to go into 2009. And X Factor number one was trying. Well, they were trying to get number one, I should say. Poor Joe. And it was the year of Joe McEldry with The Climb. Um, Which was a good, it was a good cover. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a song for one. Uh, but yeah, so they thought he was a shoe in basically for Christmas number one in 2009 because the last four years it'd been an X Factor winner. So um, Shane Ward, That's My Goal, Leon Jackson's When You Believe, Leona Lewis, A Moment Like This, my and Alexandra Burke, Hallelujah, uh, which also did very, like that was one of the best selling yeah. like Christmas number ones or something. I was reading that somewhere. Uh, but a few people had decided they'd had enough of these X Factor Christmas number ones and were like, it's not happening this year. So this guy who is part-time DJ called John Mortar and his wife, Tracy Mortar, uh, they started a Facebook campaign to make sure that he didn't get number one. 
which I feel like isn't a personal vendetta against Joe McEldry, but it would feel pretty personal, but it was yeah. more against like X Factor and what it was. Um, but they chose a song that they believe would like never come out of the X Factor, which was Rage Against <laughs> the Machines, Killing in the Name, which that came out. <laughs> is an absolute banger. Whenever yeah. that comes on, we're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> and it came out in 1993. Did and it? at the time, yeah, it only peaked at like 25 in the charts. So it was very random. Because they were like, like, I'm pretty sure they were meant to play Coachella this year. Which I, can't, yeah, they I just were. can't imagine. <laughs> I would have been so good to see. Uh, so yeah, they started a Facebook group and within a week... The like the numbers of like the group were going up by like hundreds and hundreds. I mean, it just like spreading around. And you know when you see one of those like events on Facebook and it just goes like viral, yeah. and yeah, like the Area Fifty One thing and all of that. So it kind of just spread like that. And um, Rage Against the Machine actually heard about the campaign, and they appeared on the radio with the guy who started it, John, um, and they sang the song live. And it says the f word so many times in it and i think they had to actually like take it off of air because they weren't meant to say the f word but they ended up saying it like three times i mean that's um, the whole point on the radio. <laughs> yeah so um yeah lots of like other celebrities were like joining in i saw like dave Grohl and all of that like really wanting it to happen i think that was um, pretty funny yeah <laughs> it's hilarious and a few days before like the announcement of Christmas number one, um, the Facebook group had almost a million members. So it gained like quite a lot of like traction. Uh, and the battle was actually really close, but Rage Against the Machine obviously did end up taking the top spot after selling half a million copies compared to Joe's 450,000 um, oh, copies. So they'd sold 50,000 more. Uh, but Joe did get revenge a week later because he then sold a further 195,000 copies and the week after Christmas, he got number one. So uh, they they did rob him of Christmas number one, but he did end up getting a number one. So we don't feel so bad for Joe. Um, and I didn't realise, but I think Radiant's Machine, that was like their first ever number one. Was it? So uh, I think they've had like number one albums. Yeah. But I couldn't see any of their singles that had reached number one um, in any country. So um, it was a a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I would be uh, interested yeah. in like seeing them live, actually. I think that song live would be insane. Yeah, that would be an experience, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my next one is also to do with uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. Apparently, not only it's not just humans that enjoy this song. So there's <laughs> an English farmer called Angus, which obviously, obviously, and he's actually claimed that his goats produce more milk when they listen to the song. <laughs> and this is apparently, they produced half a pint more when they're listening to it. And I'm like, that's it. That's incredible. It's like the whole like thing of like, oh, you should play music to your plants and stuff and they'll like grow better. Maybe yeah. I'll just play music, play Christmas music all the time. Yeah. My uh, room will just be 
a jungle. That's my lesson from this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I I wasn't expecting that. I feel yeah. I don't know if I would imagine a goat listening to all I want for Christmas this year. I as, just feel like they'd be a, a bit goat, edgier. If I imagine <laughs> if I put myself in their hoops, I think I'd quite enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. It's jolly. They like to jump around. They're quite like yeah, and then I'm like, oh, are they just producing more because they just want it to be over with? <laughs> oh yeah, They're like oh, for God's sake, he's. I imagine Not him again. with like one of those big chunky CD players, like walking into the farm, boom pressing box. play, <laughs> and then like, oh, for God's sake, here he is, like chicken. What run. is this monstrosity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my um interesting find. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, okay. Uh, what have I got next? So this is kind of my last thing, to be honest, because it it's a bit of a longer story. Oh. But uh, yeah, this is my jacket potato related story. Finally. But, <laughs> finally. Uh, it's actually to do with E17. So we all know E17's classic Christmas number one, Stay Another Day. So as I said before, it was released in 1994, reached Christmas number one, beating Mariah Carey to the top spot. Uh, But at the time, E17 consisted of four members, uh, Tony Mortimer, Brian Harvey, John Hendy and Terry Coldwell. So I didn't realise, like, I, I think I knew they were quite successful, but at the time they were the fourth biggest selling boy band uh, no, the, the single, sorry, was the biggest selling boy band single of the 1990s. Jeez. Um, and they, and it was the 31st best selling single of the entire decade. So like, that sounded pretty well. Um, and it was originally like meant to be a pop song and just like a normal song. Yeah. But because they were releasing it near December, they were like, oh, let's just like put some Christmas bells and stuff in it. Let's just and... put our like anorak on. <laughs> yeah. Our white puffer jackets. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they wanted to actually target it to Christmas number one. So that was why it, it sounds a bit Christmassy. But originally it wasn't meant to be Christmassy because the song is actually, I thought it was a love song, but it's not. Tony wrote it and he wrote about his brother committing suicide so soz to put a dark twist on that song but it's actually yeah it's actually to do with that so so I didn't realize that and he won a Ivor Novello songwriting award for the song and I think at some point Girls Aloud covered it and they'd made it really lovey-dovey and Tony was like nah that's that's not cool Uh, so I don't think he was too happy about that but still great song and um, I, I was just kind of looking into E17 and I was like, you don't really, obviously you don't really hear much about them these days. They make the occasional Christmas lights turn on appearance or <laughs> buttons or something like that. Uh, but one of them has been through a lot, been through a hell of a Wasn't, lot. It's I Guy Brian Harvey. Did someone, one of them go on like Big Brother or something? So one of them was meant to go, I think it was Brian, was meant to go on the jungle, uh, into the jungle, but he didn't. Um, so he had some like bad news when he was flying over there, so he had to go home. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, Brian Harvey, 
1997 was kicked out of the band because he uh there was loads of like controversy around like drugs and him taking drugs and he said it was really he like claimed that it was really cool to take drugs and that ecstasy made him a better person and all this kind of stuff so they were like okay you should probs uh leave the band now because uh, we can't be associated with that but then like really shortly after tony mortimer left because he was like you know we can't get on anymore and they they split but then the following year brian harvey was like oh let's get the band back together um even though he was kicked out <laughs> and um, they f- formed a new band with e17 with the other two guys um that were originally in it and they were around for a year they got dropped by the record label because they're a bit shit uh brian then tried to go solo for a bit didn't have any success tried to go in the jungle in 2004 didn't happen but the weirdest thing i found right and i don't know if this is public knowledge but i i cannot believe so in 2005 he ran himself over with his car (laughs) and he said the reason why he did it is because he ate too many jacket potatoes right what? Who eats so more he's... than one jacket potato for a start? He had three. He had three <laughs> jacket potatoes stacked with tuna, cheese, all the works. Oh my God. Right? And he said he was leaning out of his car because he had eaten so many jacket potatoes, he needed to be sick, obviously, because <laughs> that was just insane. Was he eating them in his car? How did <laughs> this... he get in the car? I'm unclear on that. <laughs> I'm unclear on that bit of the story, but he said he leaned out of his car to be sick, ended up falling under it. Somehow the car ran him over and he fractured his pelvis in seven places. He broke his ribs. He punctured his lungs and he was unconscious for three weeks. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He ran himself over. And... It says that uh, he had he had to have twelve hour surgery to rebuild his shattered frame. Were the words? Oh my god! Um, and he, uh, unsurprisingly, he hasn't eaten a jacket potato since. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was Brian Harvey. I I just couldn't believe that, and I don't think he's done anything really since because he's been busy trying to walk again, probably. And the the band have reunited like a couple of different times. Terry Caldwell is the only one that actually stayed in the band the whole time. Um, John Hendy apparently quit in 2018 to stay out of the limelight. And Tony wow, came that's back a bit to of the a... <laughs> I wouldn't say they were in the limelight, but... <laughs> no. Um, and Tony came back to the band for a few years in 2010, <laughs> but he now, but then he left and... Uh, is now a record producer. Uh, no updates on Brian Harvey and his sh- shattered frame, but his, uh... his potatoes. <laughs> yeah, he has a potato like, farm now. Um, <laughs> should be like the ambassador, ambassador for potato. Spudgy like. Yeah, you really should. At least a shareholder. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my very random hole that I went down of starting with Stay Another Day, seeing if there was anything interesting about that. But it was all about Brian Harvey. Um, God, I can't imagine eating three jacket potatoes. That actually makes me feel ill. I know. It's like crazy to think that's the unbelievable part of the story as well. <laughs> Not that he ran himself over. It's like, I can't believe 
he managed to eat three jacket potatoes <laughs> with like dressings. With, yeah, with stuff on it. Like, what a machine! But moral of the story is: don't be greedy. Just have one <laughs> jacket potato, or you might run yourself over with your car. It's <laughs> one to tell the children. Yeah. Right over to you. Oh, so this isn't anywhere near as exciting as that. <laughs> but did you know that the first song ever performed in space was Jingle Bells? What? So they uh, actually like got out a harmonica and some bells and like actually performed it. Wow. Uh, to be fair, it's a pretty easy one to learn. Yeah. So I kind of. I'm not entirely shocked in that basis, but was it around Christmas or? Oh yeah, December 16th, <laughs> 1965. <laughs> so it was in the Gemini 6 that there was like basically like two astronauts and they were like, you know what? Let's just play Jingle Bells. <laughs> That's cool. And they also reported just that they uh, saw a UFO at the time, which is interesting. Just like Maybe that was just the aliens like, like jingle bells. That was just like a casual end note. They played jingle bells. Also, they saw UFO. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so I know we've kind of already talked about like Christmas number ones, mm. but I always find it really weird when there's like Christmas number ones that like aren't in any way related to Christmas. Yeah, it I just would seems. Agree with you it just seems to be like a matter of like timing. One thing I did not know. Is that the most up-tempo Christmas number one was Sound of the Underground by Girls Aloud, which is 164 beats per minute. Wow. And then that is, these, it is a goer, that one. Yeah, the slowest was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, which is just 67 beats per minute. Oh, that's interesting. Quite a contrast there. Not two yeah. songs I'd put together. No. And I don't think I realised either of them were Christmas number one. Yeah. Well, the shortest Christmas number one was Can We Fix It by Bob the Builder. (laughs) Oh, wow. And then the actual, you've already mentioned him, but the the youngest person to get a Christmas number one was uh, excluding children in choirs, since there's quite a few of them. Yeah. (laughs) Was Leon Jackson from X Factor. Oh, really? Yeah, because wasn't he really young when he won? Yeah, I think he was like 14 or something, wasn't he? 14? I su- oh, wait, how old do you have to be to enter the X Factor? Didn't they change it? They did lower it one year. They did lower it to 14 one year. Maybe, I, don't, I think I think that was recently. Maybe he was like 16. Yeah, wow. And then he did nothing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, where is he now? We'll find out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he was on my list, actually, funnily enough. I feel like we do need to do a where are they now for all of the X Factor winners. Definitely. I mean, yeah. The only X Factor winner I ever like properly was like a fan of was Leon Lewis. Yeah, back in the day she she produced some wires. And she's got some good Christmas stuff. Yeah, and Alexandra Burke to be One more sleep. She was pretty good. Yeah. Um yeah, so moving on to something that's like a bit longer I guess I kind of randomly googled like why are all the popular Christmas songs so old I'm very intrigued to know this all I want for Christmas is you 
came out in like early 90s everything seems to be like early 90s or even like older and it's just mm. like why do we like what other situation do we listen to songs that old and like we're not sick of them mm. and it turns out that is an actual like, thing like people have looked into and like researched like why are we still playing all these old Christmas songs when people are like oh, really? putting out new ones and it just doesn't seem to have the same effect because like when someone puts out like when Justin Bieber or whatever puts out a new Christmas song everyone's just be like oh for God's sake like <laughs> and it happens to like yeah. almost everyone like no one's interested yeah to be fair I feel like there's been a few in recent years where like they've gained a bit more yeah like, like fame but it seems to be as they get older yeah so basically they think that the reason why we listen to all this old music is because there's like a generational effect so like so many people I grew up listening to the Christmas songs that their parents love and because of that like nostalgia we like want to listen to them like it's all we want to listen to because it like makes us think of like obviously with Christmas and everything it makes you think of like like your family and like Oh, that makes sense. So it's like this, like huge nostalgic factor of like that's why we listen to old music. I mean, like I guess it kind of fits into why people still like want to listen to like Wonder or whatever because it just like <laughs> it's the season of nostalgia, pretty much. Yeah. And it's sort of why we're so we're so like resistant to new music is because it doesn't like feel the same. That, that makes loads of sense. And, like, um, they think that the reason, like, certain popular songs that have, like, come out later have, like, done, started to do, like, okay, like, One More Sleep, for instance, or, like, some of the, like, the Michael Bublé ones is because they've actually been out for quite a while. So, like, the longer a song is out for, the more we, like, get used to it. And obviously they're played quite a lot. So it's like the more they're played and the more we hear them each year, the like more we the more like they them. feel like nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it is like there are new songs now that in like ten years might be the new like all I want for Christmas is you and stuff. Yeah. Because they've aged. And yeah, then there's like true. a thing with like familiarity, familiarity, <laughs> familiar. I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> so it's when, like, fans pass on their love of, like, a certain song or artist. So it's a bit like when Coldplay released Christmas Lights, it did good because he already had, like, a huge fan base. Yeah. But because all these, like, fans are listening to it, their, like, families listen to it. So even if you weren't a fan, you got, like, used to it, which is why it's now, like, people listen to it that aren't, like, necessarily into Coldplay. Yeah, I guess, like, it's probably similar with, like, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Like, so many yeah. girls would listen to it, that families would listen to it, and now it's, like, on all the Christmas playlists. Yeah, so it's literally just, like, all about how much we listen to it. It affects, like, how much we love it, which is quite funny. Mm. But then they kind of make the comparison that, like, with it's not the same for pop songs. So he says that, like, there's this, like, uh, traditional, like, you with like pop songs like literally like a u-shape where 
they get like the upside on you where they get like really really popular and then you like love them loads but then it gets to the point where they're like overplayed and then you Mm. start to hate them so he says that doesn't really happen to Christmas music yeah because like Christmas oh yeah, we listen to that exactly. Yeah, massively. But yeah, it's all to do with how we feel about Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Which is uh, yeah, I, it makes a lot yeah. of sense that it, it's to do with nostalgia because, like, yeah, yeah. You, growing up, you'd always listen to like the same stuff. So, yeah. So the the moral is, or the lesson is if you're going to release a Christmas song, you got to wait 10 years for it to... Yeah, or just do a cover. Actually famous. <laughs> or do a cover, yeah, that'd be easier. And then half the, half the work's done for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it says, like, in 10 years, we might have completely different, like, Christmas classics, which I thought was quite wow. interesting. Or, like, a few new yeah. ones that aren't really new, but, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my midnight scrolling. <laughs> Love it, love it. I feel like we've we've captured some real good Christmas facts there. I was worried we weren't going to have any. I was worried we'd just kind of come with like the same list, but like somehow we haven't had any the same. Which <laughs> yeah, is kind of cool. No, yeah, similar themes, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Goats and potatoes. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope I don't have a jacket potato for tea. Oh, God. I don't think I want to eat one for a while. Like, genuinely put me off. The thought of eating three makes me feel ill. Yeah, I, I can't, can't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so time for listening to this Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said that really weird. Uh, what is we're gonna do new? Uh, so favorite new one. When we say new, like last ten years new, and a favorite old one. So a classic. Uh, what, what's your favorite? Let's go new first. Yeah, my yeah. favorite new is "You Make It Feel Like Christmas." by Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton oh that's a lovely one that's just I love them as a couple yeah when it came out as well because she did like a whole Christmas album that was the song I literally when it when the first time it came out I listened to it on repeat and it's like like I still kind of mentioned it's rare for me to like a new Christmas song mm. so I was like oh I think it's because it's Gwen Stefani I, she yeah just, she just she's just so cool literally yeah it's a great song love it <laughs> oh see I'm having doubts about mine I I so I don't know that yeah there isn't actually that many like new Christmas songs that I love to be honest yeah it's hard yeah and I, like I would struggle to find one that isn't a cover like I really I think this year I've really enjoyed Sam Fender's <laughs> uh did you just hear Jim yeah. sneeze? <laughs> I was like, what? I wondered if, he, if you heard it or not. God, it picks up. It sounds very well, this man. Um, I don't even That's know what you. I'm saying. <laughs> That's you. Um, 
yeah, I think my favourite one, I'm just going to have to go with my favourite this year, I think. And I really enjoyed Sam Fender's cover of Winter Song, just because his oh, yeah. voice is so good in it. And um, yeah, it's just a nice wintry song. Nice one. As as the name would suggest. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really struggle with new ones. Like there's been a couple of good, like, like, to be fair, I don't mind Taylor Swift's Christmas Tree Farm. Yeah, that was I was that like, on my radar. I was like, ooh, should I say that yeah, one? Yeah, that one's grown on me. And there's been like a few others. And obviously, yeah, like the kind of ones that Kelly Clarkson did, although oh, I'm not sure if that's within 10 years or not. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah, we'll allow it. Um, what's your favourite old one then? Um, all I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> You've gone very classic. Nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that must be a lot of people's favourites. It does get everyone going. It's like the first one I go for every year. Yeah, um, it does sum up Christmas, to be honest. Um. Okay, mine is Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. Every time it comes on, love it. It's like a really one. old one as well. And I just love the fact it's like, Christmas! Snow's coming down. It's, it's so dramatic. On like the really good adverts. Yeah, and I think it was on like an episode of like New Girl or something, and I was like, "Yes, this is my favorite." <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my my favorite old one. Did we go all female? No, Samantha. Oh, no, uh, Sam. Yeah, almost. but almost. Yeah, I guess old one. There's a pretty good even split between like. Christmas songs. Yeah, that's true, actually. Because you've got, like, your Mariah Carey versus your Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Buble. Um, Buble. Sound like and, Moira. Yeah, it's a split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buble. It's cool. Okay, well, that's the end of our Christmas special. And... Also, our last episode of 2020. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> but next year, we're going to, we'll tell you kind of the details in the new year, but we're going to switch up the structure a bit and um, do some different style episodes, I think. So we'll fill you in on that in the new year. Uh, but that's kind of it from us. We're on Instagram still. I'm sure we'll still update it over the next few weeks even though we're not putting out an episode next week in our um, christmas hangers yeah christmas state don't expect any good captions <laughs> and yeah you can obviously still listen to us on spotify anchor apple podcasts and all that jazz <laughs> but that's it have a lovely christmas happy holidays happy new year see you in the new year Bye.